Hey, this is Adam from the future, and right now coronavirus is going on, so I just wanted to let you know this episode is really old. It's from July 9th, 2019, so that's how far I am on editing these episodes. So if you hear us talk about travel, or getting outside of our house, uh, that that's why. We're not breaking quarantine or, or anything like that. So, Enjoy. Hey, Adam. How's it going? Good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. So, what's what, what you went up to the past, uh, I don't know, like two weeks since we last talked? Well, I had some family visit, and we did some fun family vacation stuff. Ah, tell me about it. We went to this local water park, one of the things we did. Really, really small, but good for kids. I don't know. When was the last time you went to a water park? Oh, man. Uh... Oh, actually, I, uh, maybe last year, now that I think about it. But before that, it had been probably five years or more since last year. Yeah. I, I also went to just like a really tiny little little one as well. It wasn't like, you know, um, not too far from me, we have Schlitterbahn, you know, in New Braunfels, which is the largest one in the world. That's the largest in the world? Yeah, it's, in the, it's the largest one in the world. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So I went to that one several, several years ago with my wife. Just had a blast, just the two of us, not being tied down by anybody else. I mean, not just kids, right? But the larger the group you have, the harder it is to kind of get around and do things. You have to, you have a bunch of stuff. You have to, people have to use the bathroom. You have to decide what rides to go on. You have to wait for a few people to finish rides. And yeah, we just had a blast just running around. Yep. <laughs> I've always wanted to go, I've always wanted to go to the other Schlitterbahn where they have like lazy rivers where you like while you're waiting in line for the rides yeah i think that one's in corpus christi texas i think yeah um yeah that would be cool corpus christi is kind of not close to anything though like you kind of go to corpus christi to go to corpus christi you you don't go there from anywhere else really so yeah um another thing we did is we went to the the lagoon which is a basically the only theme park around here so it's nothing like Six Flags, but they do have some really good big rides. One of them is called the Cannibal. <laughs> and uh, one of the things I love about it, and they may, they may do this at Six Flags, but I was never aware of it, is they have a single rider line. And so you can just basically skip the line by going up a single rider line, and then they fill in every single seat every time. And so there's four people in each row. And if there's a group of three then they'll stick one person from the single rider line. And occasionally maybe there's a group of two and they can't find another group of two, so they'll stick two people from the single single rider line. So gotcha. the first time we did it, Rebecca and I were able to sit together, even though we went in the single rider line. And then we just looped right back around and got right back on. Nice. But it's, it's this ride where you go, there's only four rows. So it's not like a really long coaster. It's just one one cart. So it's got... You know, four rows of four, 16 people. And you go into this tunnel, and then you basically just go straight up. It's It feels like you're in an elevator shaft, but you're, like, connected. You're, you're sitting on a you're sitting on a rail that's, like, connected on the side. And, like, okay. as you're going as you're going up, there's another cart that's coming down, ready to take the next, the next group of people. And then you just go all the way up, and you just drop. And it's not a straight drop. You actually go backwards a little bit. So it's very, very steep. And then... I there's two places on the ride where I almost always black out. Oh, because <laughs> my 
my heart has a hard time pumping blood fast enough when there's a big change. And so um, one, of, one of them at the very end, this is very sharp twist and the blood just like has a hard time and I'm like start, start to black out, but then I'm fine. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if that's desirable on a ride. It's um, not desirable, but most really fast coasters do that to me at least once. Wow. That's rough. And then the other one is Wicked, which is really cool, where you start at zero degrees, zero miles per hour, and then it just shoots you off super fast. <laughs> and then you shoot straight up this thing, and then at the top you go straight back down. Nice. <laughs> it's really great. Um, yeah, so do you, do you feel like roller coasters affect you more than they did whenever you were younger? Um, no. I was always really afraid of them when I was younger. And so I, I really only started writing the big ones when I was in high school. Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't know for sure whether it's just uh, Six Flags Fiesta Texas, which is in San Antonio, or whether like my body has just changed enough. But the last two times I've been to Six Flags Fiesta te- Texas, I've like ridden a couple of rides and then I feel like really sick and I just don't want to ride anything anymore. So I don't know whether, like, I'm just getting old or whether it's just, like, the rides at Fiesta Texas are just crappier than Six Flags over Texas. I don't know which one it is. I don't know. Well, the people that have been with me have actually had the same experience, which leads me to think that maybe it's not just me. Maybe it's not just you. because Maybe it's something with the rides that are kind of funky or something. Yeah, me and Rebecca have not had that experience. But there's also not a lot of big rides at, at Lagoon. There's basically those two. Um, hmm. The other thing is I now, I wore contacts this last time I went. So I was actually able to see everything. Sometimes, oh, yeah, like, Sometimes true. I would risk it, but on the bigger rides, either I just wouldn't wear my glasses or I'd have to hold on to them the whole time. Yeah. And that's no fun. That's, that's frustrating. No. Uh, oh, the other, the other ride that's scary that I, I didn't get a chance to this time. We had to kind of leave early. We didn't spend... Because last time Rebecca and I went by ourselves, in the well, last two times we went, we went from opening to close. So we were there from like 10 a.m. to 11 p.m. And so one of the really scary rides is there, there's two towers side by side. One of them takes you up and then drops you. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the scariest of the two towers. The other one shoots you up. Gotcha. It's kind of the opposite. That's a little that's a little easier because just, it just suddenly happens and then you're up in the air. Instead of going up very slowly and then seeing how high you are and not knowing when it's going to drop. Yeah, I personally, I think those those rides that like just drop you straight down. I think those are the scariest ones. Like those are crazy. Like for what? Are, like I can ride like yeah. the fastest roller coaster on planet Earth, no problem. But you drop me just straight down. I'm just like, oh crap! Is the magnet that's supposed to stop me going to stop me? Is it a magnet? Like, yeah, in a lot of cases, they use magnetic brake. Oh, so it's electricity. Yeah, it's electrical. Oh my gosh! <laughs> there's got to be there's got to be some sort of safety where if the electricity goes out, I mean, more than I mean, there's got to be backup. Oh, I'm sure there's a backup generator. There's got to be I'm backup sure. generators. Yes, but is there a way? Is there a way for them to stop it, even if the backup generator failed? I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. <laughs> I mean, how how would well, they? They could have a mechanical brake. Right. I guess they, there could be like a hydraulic brake of some sort. Yeah. Uh, that's a backup. Maybe. I mean, I'm I, just I gonna, don't. I'm just gonna think that there is. 
Just okay. I need I need to know. I need to think that. All right. Yep. Hydraulic brake. It is. Especially since on those rides, your feet are just hanging down below. Ugh. Yeah. For sure. The two the two with their feet hanging down that I really loved in uh, Six Flags Over Texas were Mister Freeze and Batman. Mm-hmm. Both great rides. Yeah. What about the Titan? Did you like the Titan? Yeah. Yeah. The Titan's good. Oh, but that reminds me of Wicked. Oh, it's it's a great ride, but I'm a little too tall for it. Or rather, my legs are a little too long. So you sit down and you pull the bar towards you. And the bar also presses against, it has some things that press against your shins. Ugh. Which would be fine if my legs, my lower legs were at the correct angle. But since my upper right. legs are so long, my lower legs are at the wrong angle and it's just pressing into the top of my shins. And so the <laughs> whole the whole time I'm kind of like trying to hold my legs a little differently so it doesn't hurt so bad. I mean yeah. they're, they're cushioned but still they get it tight. Yeah, I get it. And then when you when you finish the ride, there's like four carts in front of you and you're just waiting and waiting for them to finally release it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that that part of the uh, roller coaster experience is not ideal where you're just like chilling post facto like the ride is ended, but you can't get off. I don't enjoy that at all. Yeah. Someone needs to talk to them about that user experience. Yeah, because I, I don't see any signs on there saying you have to be under this height. That's true. That's true. I always feel like, as well, I feel like I'm, my head's going to get hit on some of these curves where there's these poles and bars above your head. I know they're not. I'm not that tall, but it's still scary. Oh. Do you ever ride on Runaway Mountain where you're inside in the dark? inside a building yes yes that is a cool roller coaster yeah (laughs) there's just something about doing the whole thing in the dark and having no clue what's coming like that is a brilliant experience yeah it's very weird it's like i have no idea what shape the track is in even though you can feel the turns (sighs) yeah so we have a bunch of stuff on our show notes to talk about that i have no recollection of what i wanted to say <laughs> well do you have any recollection on any of the things on the show notes of things that you do want to say well, let's let's look at your items and see if you have anything you have ones that says retirement well okay so that i guess that kind of ties into the budgeting thing as well so i'm just so okay so i'm curious many 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 years ago uh, we went through Financial Peace University together. Yeah. Um, probably close to 10 years ago now. Um, and I feel like for you and your wife, a lot of that stuff kind of stuck. Yeah. Um, you know, I think y'all are still both like of a budgeting mind frame and y'all both like believe in a budget and y'all, y'all act on a budget, correct? Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Um, yeah, that really, that class really sank in. And it was the perfect time as well. We were about to get married and we were both very, had very small bank accounts, and very small incomes. And then she came out of school with a bunch of debt. We were able to do the small emergency fund. When we got married, she had like basically zero money in her bank account. But we got a small emergency fund and then slowly started paying off all of her school loans. And we did that within a couple of years. And then, yeah, I don't even know what baby step we would be on now. There's there's so many near the end that you work on simultaneously, paying off your home early and saving for school and building wealth. 
Yeah, so I'm interested. Uh, I actually literally just a couple of minutes ago finished watching the first episode of Financial Peace University. Um, it was given to uh, my wife and I. Uh, you know, I've been through before. My wife has not. But, you know, she's she's aware of, like, some of Dave Ramsey's principles and whatnot. Um, so I don't think we're going to go, like, full Dave Ramsey. But sure. we're going to go, like partial dave ramsey okay like i'm I'm not on board with throwing credit cards out the window i just don't think that works in this day and age because just like having no ability to buy anything off the internet i think is pretty challenging at this point you can use debit cards um, on the internet yeah but he doesn't even want debit cards like he wants nothing i don't think that's true i think it's just the credit cards because you have the no. ability to... <laughs> like I just got done watching it. It, it. He wants no debit, no credit. It's cash only with him. That must have changed because he even recommended this uh, company that was a online bank. They would give you a debit card, and you would get you would get cash back for using it. It was the only debit card you could use with that, with with uh, cash back. Right. That's, um... That is extreme. If he's saying no debit cards now. At least that's certainly what my takeaway was. Um, but I, I'm just of the opinion that if you are... Okay, okay. I mean, I part I, of it... I think I know where you got got this idea from. He does talk about using cash in envelopes, like literal, literal cash in literal envelopes. So, yeah, I think that I think that's what he's talking about. But he's I don't think he was ever against debit cards because the only problem with credit cards is you can spend money you don't have. Right. And then pay fees. And, right. And I think that's part of it, too. And I think that's probably why he he takes, like, the extreme line he does take is because I think for a lot of people, people are not – they don't go into FPU, like, already being fairly responsible with their money. Like, they go in and credit cards are a detriment to their finance. Yeah. Versus – like I'm at a spot where I've had a credit card for 12 years. Um, I I got a credit card when I was 18 years old as soon as I possibly could. Um, and even before then, I was on my parents' credit card um, so that you know if I needed to buy something at Walmart or whatever, I could. Um, what do you What do you mean you were on their card? Like I was I'm I'm on their credit card. Like like I list like you're listed on it. Yes. I've never had a problem handing credit cards to somebody else and them being able to use it. Yeah, no, but like, like I was actually, like I had a credit card with my name on it that was tied to their account. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, and uh, so like for me, a credit card is not at all a scary thing. Like I have played the games with credit cards for years and years and years of, hey, this company is now offering... Like I, I really enjoy uh, the the credit cards that have free airline miles. Yeah, and so I'll play the games of hey, this company is now giving away sixty thousand miles. If you spend and X I amount within X number of time, within X amount of time, and it's like, well, guess what? I have normal bills to pay. Yeah. I have, you know, stuff that money that was going to be spent anyways, and I can just put them on this credit card, and I can pay them off at the end of the month. And guess what? I've effectively just gotten something for free. Yeah. Um. So I, I just – I don't get on board with that. I understand why he says what he says because I think to the masses, that has to be the mess because so many people are not able to use a credit card effectively, and they don't understand that like, hey, 
if you don't pay that credit card bill, you're going to pay like, I don't know, 16 to 21% interest, depending upon the credit. Yeah. And so it's terrible for people. Um, but I say all of that to say, like, it's it was really interesting. I recently did one of those, like, retirement calculators. And, you know, they're they're obviously all, at best, guesswork, you know, in terms of trying to figure out. Uh, you know, how much is inflation going to be and how how much are you going to need for your retirement and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it was very interesting for me doing that and just seeing like by by those standards, like how far behind I am, because by a lot of those standards, I, I think they're wanting like two to three million, you know, basically it is like your your target goal per person. And it's like, that is a challenging goal. Like, yeah, it really depends very on challenging. how much money you need per year in, during retirement. And I guess the other thing that depends on how much money you need is do you plan on burning through all of your retirement money or or not? Like if you want to do early retirement, you can't be burning through your money. You have to be living off the interest. Right. And part of that too, like what's impossible to know, Right. So I'm not sure, you know, if you've if you know a whole lot about like nursing homes or, you know, retirement centers or things like that and they're like their costs. But those places charge obscene amounts of money. I mean, those places can be like 2 to 3,000 a month like today. Wow. Um and it's just like, wow. You want to talk about eating through your retirement really really quickly. And that's something that you have, you know, basically no control over. Like you can be a person who runs marathons and, you know, hasn't stared at a cookie in 10 years and you can have <laughs> a stroke and, and like end up in like, you know, like a bad health situation and there's nothing in the world you can do about that. And it's like, you know, th- unfortunately, there's no such thing as like, you know, uh, old age insurance. Like, yeah, we have Medicare, um, but that only helps so much for those things. Yeah. So... It's an interesting thing, right? Like it's an interesting math problem because you're trying to solve for all of these variables that are unknown. And maybe if I had taken differential equations, it might help me. But you know where, where I'm at today, I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. Like it seems like it's just like a really big challenge to figure out what do I really need at the end of my life. And then like, man, you get into all sorts of crazy stuff. So I've been like looking into. Um, you know, there's a lot of companies now that are like allowing you to invest in real estate, but you know, you're investing like in parts of like a larger, you know, what's going on with a company, you know, like companies that are building condos and dorms and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and then obviously you have like stocks and bonds and, you know, like there's like a million options for what to invest in. And you have doing real estate on your own. Doing real estate on your own. Like there's all these like possible things to put your money into. You can find a real estate investor personally to go and invest in. Right. Yeah. That seems like the scariest one of all that I've heard. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that is a thing for sure. So I don't know. It's it's just a really interesting, uh, I find finances to be a really fascinating concept, but I also feel like. I, I know so incredibly little like about them. So yeah, I don't know. And that's coming from a family like where we talked about money a lot. Like like money was like a thing we talked about. So 
I don't know. I, I can only imagine that a lot of other people my age feel like way more lost than I do. Yeah, for sure. So going back to credit cards a little bit, how many, how many credit cards do you have? I think I have four. Okay. What I found is that if I have one or two credit cards, especially if they're through the same login, that it's very easy to keep track of. But we started playing the credit card game recently with trying to get airline miles and different different systems we could get points and it's this whole deal with southwest airlines cards where you can get the chase sapphire preferred and the chase sapphire reserved and and like do this kind of yeah, rotation upgrade through the, it can, or something yeah yep um and it's gotten really complicated for me to keep track of it all not only paying them off but what i've spent on each one as far as budgeting like my ynab list of accounts is huge now and it, it's very hard to reconcile them all and some of the logins are through my account, and some are through Rebecca's account, and some of them have, or they probably all have two-factor authentication, and then it's impossible for me to log into it unless she's around, and then I don't get in to pay it off on time because I missed, there's just never a time when we we're together at the same time during, like, the first and the fifth of the month. Yeah, and so, so... We've ended up paying some fees, and I'm like, no, I thought I would never pay fees. Right. Yeah, so one of the things I did a long, long time ago is I set up auto pay on all of my credit cards. And I've tried doing that, and it seems like some of them just pay the minimum. Eh, I think you've got some settings wrong, because I've never... I, I mean, I've swapped to a lot of credit cards over the years, and I've never found one that didn't have an option to pay the whole balance. Yeah, I, um, well, I think I've fixed them now, but I did mess that up. Yeah. Um, But, you know, because it's like, at the end of the day, you know... At least for me, I, I don't know exactly what your practices look like, but I'm in Mint like almost once a day, like during the week. And so I know pretty instantaneously if there's something that shows up on the credit card where I'm like, what the heck is that? Yeah. Why did I spend $250 on some random website I've never heard of, you yeah. know, or, or we got whatever? A, we got a charge go through recently. So I check YNAB all the time. I actually set up something on Zapier which will send me a push notification every time there's a, a new transaction in YNAB. But also sometimes YNAB messes up with its importer and it can't and have to go in there and say, importer, why aren't you working? Yes, Chase, okay, wait a while. And it has a message that says, like, banks, am I right? Um, uh, so anyway, it, it, sometimes the importers aren't working. But I found a, an account or a transaction recently. It was $550 from Nike. Oh, snap. Yeah. And uh, we had to, it was through PayPal. I don't know how it went through PayPal because that's all set up with two-factor authentication. Oh, I know. Like somehow our PayPal account had one of Rebecca's really old email addresses tied to it. I don't know. Oh, no. But it has two-factor authentication and we ended up changing the password and removing that email from it because we have no, we no longer have access to that email address. Oh, snap. Yeah, that's, that's no good. Yeah. It can. It, I, I can understand what you're saying, though. Like, it can get really complicated really quickly. So, like, I've definitely discussed with my wife, like, like we're talking about maybe phasing down to maybe two credit cards um, or maybe even maybe three at the most. Uh, just because I feel like, actually, nothing. I think it may be five that I have right now, which it just gets to be a lot. Like, it does. And so for me, it's super easy because I've been using all these credit cards for a long time. So I know, you know, which one 
I spend where? So like I have one credit card that gives me the best rewards at grocery stores. So if I go to the grocery store, I'm going to use that credit card. I have one that I use for just like general purpose stuff. And then I have one that I pretty much never use, but I use it because their customer support is the best. (laughs) Um, Well, that doesn't help you for not using it, right? Well, but like if I'm traveling or something like that, then I tend to use it. Um, And it's like kind of kind of there is like a backup in case all else fails kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And then I have one that I only use at Amazon. And so the Amazon Prime card. Yeah, I have an Amazon card. I do that too. And my one tip for that is never use the points on Amazon. Well, mine can only be used on Amazon because I'm uh, they they apparently switched the Amazon card. So I'm under a different Amazon card than what a lot of people are on apparently. So there's an Amazon Prime card and there's an Amazon Store card and we have both and I hate the Amazon Store card. Yeah, I don't know which one it is that I have. Um but because the Amazon the Amazon Prime card is on Chase. And the other one is on some other terrible website. And that's the reason why I never use it is the website's just terrible. I think that's the one you're talking about that I have, the Synchrony Bank one. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the one I have, which, well, the you Amazon know, Prime card, it works it gives out. You 5%, the Amazon Prime card gives you 5% back at Amazon. But you can also, instead of using the points on Amazon, you can just cash it out. And then, oh, nice. Because if you use the points on Amazon, you don't get any rewards on those. So cash it out and then spend the money with the card. <laughs> yeah so you got you got some good hacks too um yeah we yeah. just we just got the rewards for getting a delta card where we get some miles for that yeah they've been running some really good deals recently i've seen like seventy thousand miles a couple times with delta which is like crazy so yeah and then we've got a home depot card that gives us five percent at home depot gotcha oh man that plus, was funny uh, though. plus it also makes deliveries cheaper huh i was at uh kohl's the other day and they're like, oh, well, you could save $10 if you sign up for our credit card. And I was like, no. <laughs> like, like, why would I sign up for a clothing store credit card? Like, that is just crazy town. Yeah, we've got that one. So <laughs> so I, I don't have one. Rebecca does. What she does is she uses the card at Kohl's to get the discount, and then she immediately, like, literally immediately pays it off. Yeah. I mean that's fine. I guess if if you go to Kohl's a lot, that she makes doesn't. sense. But she doesn't. But it's it's worth it, and it's one extra hoop to jump through. But yeah, where I was somewhere the other day, I was at Shields, which is a sports store, and they have a credit card. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, it's like I think I think if you're like any mom and pop store at this point, you have a credit card that offers like some percentage of cash back for you know whatever. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> All that to say, budgeting is a mess, and so is retirement. But I am, uh, I am on a journey to learn and understand more. Well, that's that's good. Yeah. So when I was at Shields the other day, and they were trying to get me to, to sign up for a credit card, I was getting a foam roller, a massage ball, and these exercise loops. And the person checking me out was like, "Are you in physical therapy?" And I was like, "No, just exercising." I'm I'm in exercising. That's what I'm, I'm in. I'm in exercising. Yes. So I've started going to a nutritionist. As, oh wow! As well as I joined a gym and got a personal trainer. Snap! Like what? Okay, this is. I've known you for a long time. That's a large lifestyle change. Tell me, tell me what's going on. Like what inspired all of this change? 
Rebecca's been trying to get me to go to nutritionist for a long time. And finally, I was like, yeah, you know, I tried Whole30 recently, and it my my digestion just did not like that. So I'm going to go to nutritionist and figure out what's going on. And they... I don't know if I told you about this. They found they found out about my heart palpitations, and they were like, "Oh yeah, take take a whole bunch of vitamin vitamin B, and then I'm on a okay. I'm on a digestive enzyme, and also zinc for some reason." Interesting. But I was like, "Oh, that's that could be an interesting side effect." I was just trying to figure out what's going on with my digestion. If they can also figure figure out my heart heart palpitations, that'll be huge. And then we joined a gym because we're trying to figure out what to do with our son for the summer, and this gym has swimming lessons and a pool so we got a membership for us to our nanny and our son so she can take just so she can take him swimming like a lot (laughs) and well that's cool then when you sign up it comes with like a free personal training session which is not an actual exercise session it's just where they sit you down talk about your goals and try to get you signed up for personal training right and it's so go ahead oh so so you didn't actually sign up for a personal trainer then so i go to that session and they're like why did you sign up? And I'm like, well, because we wanted a place for my son to go swimming during the summer. <laughs> and long story short, I was like, you know, I've really had my health on the back burner for a long time. Not that I'm unhealthy. I'm like a same weight I was in during high school, but I don't feel strong. I feel tired. I'm, I've been doing a lot of running. I've been running 5Ks. I actually ran my second 5K on July 4th. Nice. And it was like my all-time best time. Because last time was about 30 minutes, and this time was 24 minutes. Oh, wow. That's a lot of improvement. Yeah. That's well, awesome. I think the reason, biggest reason was that the first 5K was so crowded, I could barely move. Right. I had to constantly try to pass people until the very end. This one, the crowds thinned out after just a few minutes. Um, also, on this race, I was not carrying my phone, and so I had no idea how far I had gone. <laughs> I thought I thought we had, and I didn't know what the route was. We we looped through these neighborhoods, around these big sky, or not really skyscrapers, around these buildings, and coming towards the finish line. And I was like, "Oh, cool, almost done." That didn't seem very long. And then we take off past it, go all the way around the mall, and then come back. So I we were, I was only halfway when I thought we were almost done. Gotcha. <laughs> but I just I just I just focused on making sure I was going about as fast as I could without my breathing being too fast. Okay. So I heard a lot of people that were like really struggling with breathing and I tried to keep that like nice and like a slow breathing pace. Yeah. Anyway, so I I realized I hadn't prioritized my health in a while. I was doing running and I thought, you know, it would be nice to learn how to use gym equipment. I've got this membership. I have no clue what I'm doing. Like going to the gym is super intimidating. There's all these really buff people and I would just kind of show up and be like, I don't know. Like certain certain things I wouldn't even try because I would I would know that I'm not using the right form and I know right. like, you, correct form is really important. Right. So I went ahead and bit the bullet. It's like really expensive to do personal training, but I'm doing it for a few months and then I should know how to do stuff on my own. Yeah, well that's great. So I don't you know do you do you often think about like the uh, the Hello Internet episode where. CGP Gray talks about like having the four light bulbs. The and, four like, light bulbs? Oh. Yeah. So this is like a really, really old Hello Internet episode. Like health, where family. He talks about like health, like family, work, and. Friends? I think there's one more. Maybe it's friends. I think that's right. 
and he talks about like like picture that you only have a hundred watts. Yeah. And you can decide. You can have all four of them turned up to twenty five. You can have one of them turned up to eighty, and the rest like turned really far down. Yeah. And so like it's really funny because I remember him talking about like there are times in my life where you know I'm working eighty hours a week, and so the health one is on like just like the bare minimum. Like I'm just shoving chips down my throat and like, you know, basically just like whatever I can do to survive. You know, he's like, you you just make choices in life. It's like, that's a, that seems a bit extreme. Yeah. No, I didn't think about that one. I did think about an episode of analog where Mike and Casey were saying that they just really didn't focus on their health at all. Especially since Mike was trying to start a whole podcasting network. And so he's just completely sacrificing his health for, for starting a business. So the work was turned up to 100% for him. Yeah. Oof. Um, yeah, I, I definitely, I didn't think about the light bulbs, but that's so true. With with my son right now, he's taking some out of work. Then exercise is taking some away from family. Friends is very low. I don't spend a lot of time with friends. I, I see some at church, but yeah. We don't, we don't have people over. We don't go over to people's houses. We don't. We've got like one, one friend with a kid that we see every now and then. It helps that we have kids that are about the same age, so it works out. Yeah, that's fair. So I've heard you say like a couple times now. Has has the adoption like been finalized at this point, or? So we're we're getting a court date scheduled for August or September. Okay, gotcha. And then it will be final. Very cool. Yeah. And I'm sure, like, is that, does that feel stressful at all, like, in this season, or, or is it not really? Well, scheduling it is a little stressful because August has Rebecca's birthday and our anniversary. Mm. So we didn't want it to be anywhere near those, just because it's kind of a, it's kind of an important date going forward. Right, right. Um, some people call it, like, a, like, a gotcha day, it's just the you know, the day the adoption was final, finalized. Um, and then he's just going to start getting really anxious about it, just wanting it to ha- just happen. And we wanted it to happen before school starts. So it may or may not happen before school starts. Yeah. Is, like, do you feel like he has an understanding of what's going on with that? Like, does it make sense to him yeah. or is it still? Yeah. And what our lawyer told us was that they're, kids understanding of it now is not going to be the same as when they're older and when they're when they're an adult like that's going to kind of the understanding is going to evolve but yeah he has a basic basic understanding of it okay like i guess it's just hard for me to like i just can't picture you know uh what a foster kid's life is like really yeah um and I've been watching a lot of, uh, I don't know if you're, are you familiar with the show Bones? Yeah. Rebecca used to watch a lot of it, so I've seen quite a few episodes. Yeah. So the, the lead doctor in that show is also a foster child. Like she grew up as a foster child. Oh, okay. And so it's, it's actually kind of like a, it's part of the plot of the show is, is like kind of some stuff with her past and like the foster system and like all of that. Um, but still like. You know, it's hard for me, and, and I have I've I've spent a lot of time, um, like on site and inside of like those group foster homes that exist inside of Stephenville. Yeah, and so like, like it's it's not even that I don't have experience with it. I think it's just like, I, 
it's like there's like a part of my brain that like I know I don't fully appreciate like what it is that like a kid like that has to go through. Yeah. Like what those emotions are like. It really, it really affects your identity and self-worth. Yeah. You're trying to make, you're trying to make sense of it. Like what, what is the logic of I'm not with my parents? Like, um, I love my parents, so they must be good. So, um, why did they not want me? I I must be bad. Yeah. I must be bad. So they wouldn't have left. It's a horrible thing. Yeah. And and it's it's not entirely dissimilar from like you know, granted it it hasn't happened for either one of us, but you know for a lot of people in our generation, like you know they come from parents who are divorced, and um, you know I think that's a pretty similar emotion that those people go through. Is is my parents must have separated because of something that I did, you know, and, and they put all this blame on themselves that you know. Like ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time has not like you know it's not it has nothing to do with them yeah like yeah it's other stuff that you know it's it's interesting I was listening to a podcast recently and they were talking about part of childhood is thinking that the whole world revolves around you and like yeah you're just yes. like your whole world is just centered around yourself and it's hard for you to even like have a grasp of there is a lot that happens outside of my world and i do think that's like one of the signs of maturity is is like understanding that more so and losing some of that but like as a kid you're just not there like you you don't have that sense yet that like the whole world is not me yeah so i i came across this list when i was reading when i was reading the book radical candor it recommended this this article about like college kids who don't want to be offended and so they they try to avoid anything that's offensive. Like there's they want trigger warnings for everything. They don't want to like challenge their thinking or offend anybody. And and the article lists these twelve common cognitive distortions that I thought were really fascinating. Hmm. And it says all you have to do is know the names of these, know what they mean, and then when you notice yourself doing them, say, Oh, I'm labeling. That's and that's really all you have to do to fix the problem is oh I'm I'm doing I'm falling into the trap of this common cognitive distortion that's like affecting my thinking like I'm not thinking clearly and I actually went through them with my son who's nine and he gets it and they have they have names that are kind of hard hard for a nine year old and like it, it, I thought it'd be kind of hard to explain them to a nine year old but I, I thought it'd be interesting to go through them now because I don't know if you've heard of any of these. I've never heard, uh, what'd you say? A cognitive what? Distortion. A cognitive distortion. Okay. I understand the, the notion of that. So the first uh, one is mind reading. Mind and reading. Okay. It's not, it's not simply, you know, guessing what people are thinking. In this case, it means, uh, you assume, you know what people think and you think that they're, they're thinking something negative about you. Like, oh, he thinks I'm a loser. Oh, she thinks I'm dumb. Gotcha. Okay. Like, oh, he thinks I'm not good enough. So there's mind reading, there's fortune telling. And fortune telling is you're predicting that, like, things are going to get worse. Like, you're predicting the future negatively. Or you're predicting there's some sort of danger. Like, I'll fail that exam, I won't get that job. Right. I would call that just negative self-talk. But yeah, I get that. Well, it's it's not just that. It's all, It has to be specifically about the future. Okay. Then, there, then there's catastrophizing, which is kind of like fortune telling. 
but it means like it it could be the present it could be the past or the future like something's happened in the past or something will happen you predict you you say that it's like so bad that you won't be able to bear it Mm. like it would slippery slope it's a slippery slope it would be the end of the world if i fail this exam right then there's labeling you just you just assign negative traits to people like other self other people or yourself okay and i think that one could be as simple as i'm sad rather than i am feeling sadness oh yeah that's a that's a big one yeah for sure or you know he's just a rotten person like Mm. you don't really know and what does that even mean? <laughs> what does it even mean? Yeah. Or I'm undesirable. Mm, yeah. But the next two I really, I really like, discounting positives. Oh, yes. Yes. So what do you think that means? So that's like whenever you brush off a compliment, for instance. Yeah. Like someone says like, hey, you did a really good job. And you're like, oh, well, it wasn't that big of a deal because of X, Y, and yeah. Z. And, or like you're yeah. just saying that because you're my wife. Yeah. And then, uh, so it's discounting positives, and then there's negative filtering. Negative filtering. So is that like whenever you only hear the negative feedback? Yeah. You you focus everything down. You filter out everything except for the negatives. Gotcha. So like a lot of good things may have happened today, but you're only thinking about the negative things that happened today. Yeah. Or like, look at all the people who don't like me. <laughs> uh, and yep. then there's overgeneralizing. It's like you see, okay. you see one little negative thing. And then you apply it to everything. Like this, you scrape your knee and you're like, why does this always happen to me? Ah, uh, yes. Or like, yes. I always fail. Yep. Then there's, uh, this is a really big word. I, I didn't even know what it meant. So we had to come up with a different name for it. Dichotomous thinking. Okay. Is that is that like cognitive dissonance? Like where you have two uh, opposing emotions about one thing? Is that what that is? Um, no, it says... You view events or people in all or nothing terms. In all so or nothing. So I get rejected by everybody. Nobody loves me. Or it was a complete waste of time. Gotcha. Okay. So so you're pushing things to the extreme. I, that's what I'm hearing on a lot of these is, is like you're taking one thing and you're saying that that thing is always true. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's blaming. Like you blame your negative feelings on somebody else. Oh, yes. That's a... That's a millennial thing to do right there. <laughs> my parents caused all my problems. She's yep. to blame for the way I feel now. Yep. So we we actually renamed dichotomous thinking to just all or nothing thinking. Yeah. And then there is what if. What if this happens? Oh. What if I fail at this? What if they don't show up? What if? So many hours of my life wasted to that one. <laughs> I I feel like I don't do this one that much. I, I think it's a younger, uh, at least for me. Like, that was much more common in my younger days. It was like, I don't know, like, it was like I constantly was trying to figure out what was going to happen instead of just, like, letting things happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then number 11 is emotional reasoning. Okay, what is that one? It's like, I feel this way, therefore, this is true about the world. Like, the example they give is, I feel depressed, therefore, my marriage is not working out. Ah, uh, Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. I, I think uh, one that I do still is like I stub my toe on the couch and I'm like, I hate that couch. Why did it have to be there? You know, like that's not, yeah. that's not really, that's not really what it's talking about though. I think what I, what I do is like, you, what I do is you made me mad. Right. No, they, they didn't make, make me. I feel anger 
they, based they on did what something, happened. They did something, and I feel anger, but there's not a direct cause. Right. And then the last one is inability to disconfirm. Okay, what is that one? You reject any evidence or arguments that might contradict your negative thought. Oh, yes. That is very popular whenever it comes to politics. That That's that's a common tactic in political conversations. I don't like what you have to say, so it must not be the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so if you're, if you're like, nobody loves me, and someone says, no, that's not true. I love you, and this person loves you, and no, nobody does. Yeah. Or... You you take it to the the next one and you say, well, they only love me because they're my mom or they're my wife. Yeah, or... like all of these just intermingle. Yeah, it reminds me of, uh, do you remember, I'm pretty sure we had the same teacher for like probably junior year of high school English. Um, and we read a poem called, or a short story rather, called Love is a Fallacy. Oh, yeah. I, I think about that often where it's the story of this man who decides that he really wants to date this girl. And I can't remember exactly why, but he decides that a good way to get to date her is by teaching her all these logic things. Yeah. And so he teaches her all of these logic arguments and then he tries to ask her out and she tells him no. And then he tries to argue with her and she's like, you're using this logical fallacy and then this one and then this one. <laughs> Oh, it's it's such a humorous story. I haven't read it in years, but it's it's really funny. Yeah, I can't I can't remember the situation in which he he was teaching her logic, but yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, love love is a fallacy, and the whole emotional reasoning thing. I've I've thought for a long time. I may have read this somewhere that all decisions we make as humans are emotional decisions. Yep, and then and then we use logic to justify them. <laughs> Yes, we do. So I, I don't think it makes sense to take the emotion completely out of decisions. It's okay to have some emotion in decisions. You may even be happier with the decisions if you're taking that into consideration. But it shouldn't completely yeah. control it. I do feel like that's odd. And I don't know if that's just like postmodernist thinking or like what that is, where our culture has to seem seems to have this like complete obsession with logic. And we feel like all of our decisions have to make perfect logical sense or else they're the wrong decision. I don't know. Have, do you feel like you've seen that in our culture as well? Like, I feel like that that's pretty common. Yeah. Yeah. Like, imagine you ask somebody, why did you make this big, important decision in your life? And they were like, it seemed fun. Yeah, we would judge them. We would be like, well, that was ir- like, <laughs> like completely unresp- ir- irresponsible. Is that right? Unresponsible? Irresponsible, I think. What's the correct? It's irresponsible? Yeah. Well, they both sound wrong. I guess it, we'll go with irresponsible. That was irresponsible of you. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting. Like, there's like a judgment. Like, we put value on logic. And like I said, I don't know if that's a, like an American thing or like a postmodernist thought thing or if that's just the way people have always been. But I do think that's an interesting thing. I've thought about that a little bit recently. Like, how driven by logic we seem to be. Yeah, and especially in business, we're supposed to be very data-driven. Which, uh, I don't you've probably seen at least one or two episodes of the show Shark Tank, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, so, like, once in a blue moon, they'll end up having, like, some random guest person on because the normal people can't be on. 
Okay. And I remember this one episode. Uh, it was this farmer who came on the show, and basically he was just trying to sell people on his farm. And his numbers were, like, terrible. They didn't make sense. Like, nothing about it was, like, a good business deal. Like, <laughs> if you look at the, the statistics. And uh, Richard Branson, the guy who owns, like, all of the Virgin, like, America stuff, like the airline and cell phone thing and everything, was on. Yeah. And he bought he bought into the guy because he's like, you know what? I believe in you. Like, and I believe you're going to figure out a way to make this work. I don't care what the numbers have to say. Like, I know people. And, like, I believe that there is something that I can read in a person that goes beyond what numbers have to say. Interesting. Which I thought was really interesting. Do they ever do follow-ups? Yes. Uh, not it, not on, like, every single episode. But, yeah, there's usually some follow-ups, like, a couple times throughout. Okay, cool. We're, it's very unusual, though, that, like, I mean, typically if those companies make it all the way to getting a deal, they're typically okay. Um they usually can figure out some kind of method to, you know, get it done. Yeah, I mean, but there's got to be a failure rate. Oh, sure. But we'll put it this way. I'm I'm certain that the failure rate is much lower than those who do not have a shark. Yeah, yeah. And And for some of those people, like, you know, they don't really care if they get a deal or not. They're just on the show to bring, like, brand awareness to, like, whatever it is that they're trying to sell. So that's probably a good place to end it. All right.